now. Get growing with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 and KSTE.com. Here is Fred Hoffman. Well, happy Sunday morning to you. Welcome to Get Growing on Talk 650 KSTE. Farmer Fred here, Fred Hoffman, UC Cooperative Extension Lifetime Master Gardener, garden columnist with the Lodi News Sentinel, the guy that does all the typing at FarmerFred.com, all the ranting at the Farmer Fred Rant blog page at Twitter.com slash FarmerFred, daily garden tips, lots of snark, and of course the Get Growing with Farmer Fred Facebook page where there is always a garden dialogue going on which also contains the smiling faces of today's guests, Baldo Viegas, Charlotte Owen Dyke, both master rosarians <laughs> from the Sierra Foothills Rose Society, where they're here to give us some fall rose tips and uh, maybe talk about some good roses for the area, as well as, uh, shamelessly plug, the 55th annual rose show happening next Saturday at the Green Acres Nursery in Folsom. The Sierra Foothills Rose Society has been around a long time, and it's their 55th annual show. I find it interesting that uh, the Sierra Foothills Rose Society uh, has their show in fall, and the Sacramento Rose Society has their show in April. And yet you get nice blooms in both seasons. Yeah, the uh, some of the best roses uh, right now are in October. Uh, to me, that's the best roses for the Sacramento area. Really? Yeah, they they just grow fantastic in my garden. Uh, the um, but you can plant for them if you plant if you cut your roses if you cut back your roses back about six seven weeks ago, uh, you can get tremendous uh, uh, fall blooms uh, uh, that were just ideal for the sacrament for the Sierra Foothills Rose Show. In the spring, you cannot control the. The blooms. Mother Nature does. Mother Nature does. <laughs> so, but coming up, though, obviously it's a little late to deadhead for a show oh, that's yes, next yes. Saturday. But uh, let's see if I work the calendar in my head in six weeks, it's going to be Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So, if you do some deadheading now, you could have a nice show of roses on probably, the dining room table. Yeah, it, it probably a little longer. The cooler the weather it is, the longer it takes for the plant to regenerate. So, do it today. Yeah. All right. What do we mean by deadheading? What what what, what is involved is, in that? Um, is cutting the spent bloom, and if you don't cut the spent bloom, you're going to get hips in your roses. So um, hips are the the fruiting body of the is, rose. Yes, it's the fruiting body of the rose. Because like any plant, it wants to reproduce. Yep. That's so correct. those hips contain seeds. Yeah. Do, does anybody grow roses from seed? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, of course yeah, you do. do. Of course you do. <laughs> I have a lot of seedlings in my garden. Yeah. Well, and uh, some of them are f- amazing. Uh, I have a, seedlings of lighter rose, for instance. And uh, there's another rose uh, uh, called um, uh, Ex- Excellent Schubert, which is a polyantha rose. And boy, it's very um, fertile. And I, I get a lot of seedlings from it. Well, and that's how the hybridizers generate new, new types of roses. They actually... Uh, mix certain, um, combine certain roses like Julia Child and uh, uh, s- a shadow of stormy weather, and they generated a new rose. So yeah. um, that's how they do it from yeah. seed. From seed. Okay. Yeah, you just, can just play, like yeah. tomato grows. And then a lot of people are hobbyists. They actually like to. They have. They hybridize their own little seedlings. Yeah, you can play bee in your garden if you want. Yeah, uh, you can uh, in. Uh, in the spring, it's best. This is the best time to play go, uh, bee. Uh, you go into <laughs> into a, a rose that sets good hips and is fertile. And then when uh, when how do the, you know when a rose is fertile? Um, 
from experience, uh, there are some checklists that you can check, and and then that tells you what the percent uh, fertility, yeah. and then that gives you an idea. Where is the pollen on a rose? <laughs> the pollen, the pollen is uh, produced by the male parts right. in a, in a rose, and those are the showy things around the stigma at the in Stamens. the middle. <laughs> <laughs> the stigma's in the center. The no. Okay. And yeah. the stigma what's is, is kind of sticky, and that's the female part. And then the male parts are in the outside, and those are the uh, the showy parts. And then if you touch them, you'll get this powder, and the powder is the pollen. And then you can transfer it to another rose bush that's Correct. also got an open flower, and you would put Correct. it on where? On the stigma. On the center part. And okay. what we do is that if you're really serious you go to uh, the mother plant. Um, well, we call it the um, the one that sends the biggest hips or mm-hmm. the is fertile. That becomes the mother. Okay. Well, uh, can every plant become a mother? Uh, some are better mothers some, than others. <laughs> some are better than others. Uh, some uh, some roses are not do not are not uh, fertile at all. Um, they're mules. Um, so, like Gemini is a fantastic mother plant. Okay. Okay. So you go, you go to Gemini, and when the bloom is um, is about to open, you take all the petals off. Okay, because if you take the petals off, then the bees don't visit that flower. Because oh, they the don't bee, see it. Or, yeah, because yeah. they don't see it anymore. Yeah. And then what you do is that you take all the stamens off, because you don't want um, self uh, um, pollination. pollination. Yeah. And then you go to a rose that you want to cross, you know, let's say that you want to cross um, um, uh, Julia Child with uh, Gemini, yeah. and you go to Julia Child, and then you collect the stamens that have the pollen, and then you put them in a little jar, or you can just uh, um, uh, uh, get your fingers in there so you can Sometimes get Sometimes a little brush. A little brush. A little yeah. brush. And okay. then uh, mm-hmm. you go in there and get the, the pollen, and then you go to... Um, to uh, Gemini, and then you put the pollen on the stigma. All right, but you're limiting then whatever develops. It's going to be half Gemini, or have have half the traits. Of well, Gemini. you never know what you're going to get. Oh, because uh, you know, just like uh, us, when we yeah, when we get together, we you don't know what your ch- children are going surprise. to be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my my father was the mailman. I think, <laughs> I don't, I don't, but. <laughs> Anyway, um, hybridizing is a, is a lot of it's a big hobby. Now, it, when you got the seeds in the hips, how do you get the seeds out of the hips, or you just throw the hip in the ground and hope for the best? What I do is uh, when I'm deadheading in the winter, or when I'm pruning in the winter, and I find hips on a, mm-hmm. on a, a fertile rose, I just open the the hips right there, and I just kind of put them in a, in in either in a pot, and I label it, you know, seeds from Gemini, and then I and then and I just kind of put them on top because they the seeds um, germinate from the top uh, half inch. Okay, so you don't want to bury them. You don't want to no. bury them. So I just kind of put the, the, the seeds right on top. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, uh, How big are the seeds? Oh, about one-eighth of an inch. Okay, so there you can see them oh, and yeah. you can handle yes, them. Yes, okay. and you can feel them, too. All right, they're not really, really yeah. tiny. Like a, a little bit bigger than a tomato seed. Okay, yeah. how many seeds are there usually in a hip? Oh, anywhere from uh, from a few to uh, 
20, 30 seeds. Okay. Now, Bottle, I, I see a problem right away because I, I face the same issue when growing tomato plants is, you know, you, when you're putting these seeds in a container to start them, you always want to plant a few more just for insurance in case <laughs> they don't take. So you end up with three to five sprouts coming up and you don't have the heart really to discard four of the five. So you give them each their own pot. No, no. What I do is I take a six-inch pot, yeah. okay, and then I put all the seed, uh, all the, all the hips in there, all the seeds from those hips in there, and then I let them bloom, and then bloom. Uh, yeah, yeah. You mean because grow, they, not bloom. They yeah. Well, they will they will grow and then they'll quickly bloom. They will bloom like uh, within six weeks. They like they like to grow in cold weather. Believe it or not. As soon as uh, you take them out of the pots, um, out of the uh, out of the hip, uh, yeah. hips, uh, and you put them in in the ground, uh, two months later they'll be ready to bloom. All right, but you're, you if you got twenty seeds in a six inch pot, do you really want them all growing? No. Well, you want to grow. <laughs> no, not all, not everything is going to grow. Just a few will grow. Yeah. And then you you let them bloom. And then if you like the the flower, you keep those. If you don't like those, if if uh, if the uh, the plant is kind of uh, uh, very sickly looking, you yeah. pull that out. Is it a smaller than usual flower? Um, initially, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then just keep those those that you want. That's uh, what the hybridizers yeah. do. They they uh, go. They actually take the rose hips and they put them in blenders and br- and break it up that way to gen- get the seeds. I know. <laughs> okay. And well, uh, they dole up the blades on the blender. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And um, they they plant thousands of seeds and then they they cull, cull them. They get rid of what how what eighty ninety nine point nine percent of the seeds. Yeah, as soon I as mean, they're the blooming, because they're looking for the health of the foliage. They're looking for the the flower type, and they just get rid of majority of them. But this is not considered a sport. Is it? And I don't mean sport like this is an athletic it's a endeavor. Hobby. It's, it's a, a hobby. hobby. Yes, There's I, a quite a few um, people that uh, hybridize roses. You'd be surprised. Yeah. I have a, I, I have a lot of friends that hybridize roses. All right. Okay. Just especially like... miniatures. The uh, miniatures are easy, and there's a lot of people that have brought their own hybridized uh, roses, and weeks will or star roses will pick them up and yeah. sell them. Do you get to name it? Yeah, I I don't well, know. Well, depends. Depends. Mm. Uh, you can uh, name your own seedlings, okay, and then introduce them, and then maybe a wholesaler will pick them up and give you some royalties, but most likely not. Yeah, you're just doing it for fun. Yes, I mean, this is, exactly. Yeah. Yes. There's a there's a a whole a hybridizers website and stuff that yeah. tells how to do Rose it. Hybridizers uh, uh, org. Mm-hmm. Rose yeah. Hybridizers dot org dot org. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we learned something new today. That's good. That's the purpose of this show. Who knew that it could turn into this obsessive thing where you've got rose seedlings all over the yard? And, <laughs> and it could. Wow. All right. It's like palm seedlings. Yes. We'll take a and, short break. We got more get growing on the way on Talk 650 KSTE. listening to get growing with farmer fred talk 650 kste here again fred hoffman got a garden question maybe a rose question for baldo and charlotte from the sierra foothills rose society give us a call 916-576-1578 or 866-331-8255 email 
Send it to Fred at FarmerFred.com. Any old garden question will do. Garden Grappler coming up at 11 o'clock. Don't forget the Sierra Foothills Rose Society's 55th annual show coming up next Saturday at the Green Acres Nursery in Folsom on Serpa Way, noon to 5 o'clock. More details available at their website, SierraFoothillsRoseSociety.org. Baldo and Charlotte, let's wrap up our little conversation about growing roses from seed, which was a nice scenic bypass I hadn't planned on taking, but learned a lot. When you're looking for that mother plant and you want to transplant pollen from another plant to the mother plant flower, you mentioned Gemini as being a good mother plant. What are the traits or characteristics of Gemini that make it a good mother? Uh, Disease resistant. Disease resistant. Yes. And then uh, amazing form. Mm Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, Gemini doesn't have good fragrance. So, but in the bloodline of um, of uh, Gemini, there are some roses that uh, it was bred from that, are, that have the fragrance. So, some of the children or the seedlings might be res- uh, uh, fragrant. So, don't discount that. Well, that brings up an interesting question. Then, a plant that was pollinized that developed from the cross between whatever rose and the gemini that new plant would have some gemini traits would one of those gemini traits be it also would be a good mother plant um yes um long time ago when i was kind of interested in hybridizing uh one of my uh friends as a hybridizer told me to use um, new zealand as the mother plant New Zealand rose. New Zealand rose. Okay. Because that he he figured that that's, that was his the best one that to start with. Unfortunately, New Zealand is uh, is a uh, in this area gets a lot of rust. Mm-hmm. But it has good genes because it's very disease resistant for black spot and powdery mildew, and it has amazing fragrance. Mm-hmm. So he said, nice form too. Yeah, nice form and also sets gray hips and it's very fertile. So he says, start with that one and then graduate from that one. So use other things, you know, like in, um, you know, we're t- talking earlier, use something like Baby Love, which is a miniature rose that's very, di- very disease resistant. And a lot of hybridizers are using that rose to bring uh, resistance for uh, black spot. But then do you end up with a miniature rose or a new rose that would be susceptible you to You never being know a what you're going to get. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> uh, even though you use a miniature rose, when you cross it with a hybrid tea like, um, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, New Zealand, you're going to, you might get a climber, you might get uh, a shrub, you might get something, because there's so much hybridizing that has gone before before uh, those roses were developed, that it could be in the bloodlines of yeah. those roses. Huh. Okay. You don't know if Grandpa's going to show up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't necessarily just skip one generation. Yeah, because yeah. uh, we uh, Tom Caruso spoke to our society, and uh, they're going to have a new rose. It's Julia Child. Who's Tom which, Caruth with? Uh, Tom Caruth was a hybridizer mm-hmm. with Weeks Roses. He is now the curator for the Huntington Gardens down in Pasadena. They have a few roses there. Oh, over 4,000 roses. Yeah. And uh, he oh, hybridized over 130 roses. And they uh, he was telling about one of his crosses. It was Julia Child, and it was... Um, um, uh, 
I can't think of it. It was a climber. Mm-hmm. Well, they thought they were going to get a climber. It's not a climber. So, you know, they just don't, you know, things happen. Yeah. Okay. Just like in real life, all of a sudden, you know, some other grandma or grandpa straight came by. Talk about that for a bit, Charlotte, about the different classes of roses that people can see at the Rose Show, the 55th Annual Rose Show, next Saturday at uh, Green Acres in Folsom. We have every class that's, uh, that the roses are. How do, you, how do you show a climber? Well, we're only showing the rose, okay. so that makes it easy, the rose of the of the climber. So, yeah, we don't take the whole plant. Okay. But there may be photos of climbers. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Right. Yeah, I have, I have Purple Splash, and I, that's one of my favorite climbers. So, is it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Email question for Baldo from John and Turlock. John says, a question for Baldo. That's how I knew it was for you. Uh-oh. Uh, chicken or steer manure for your roses? Um. Neither <laughs> horse manure, horse manure. Okay, it's available. He's got uh, horses right if, behind his ho- place. But if you have chicken manure and and it's free, mm. whatever is free, um, use it. But after it's been very well composted, and then realize that it, chicken manure can be very powerful. It ha- might have a lot of ni- uh, nitrogen in there. So even you, after it's packaged, uh, I think so. Oh. Yeah, you'd think it would be well aged by then. Uh yeah, but it still is. I would uh, caution it. Boy, now you're scaring me because I just planted garlic and onions in in a bed I had just amended with packaged chicken manure. Yeah, well, um, a friend of mine that I, I I'm not gonna mention names uh, put a uh, a little bit too much chicken manure around her rose uh, pots, uh, uh, potted roses, mm-hmm. and then she started getting. Um, uh, browning on, around the edges, so the leaves. that's nitrogen so, burn. Yeah, yeah. So then I said, uh, <clears throat> "How many? How much uh, for like uh, um, um, chicken manure do you put in there?" I said, oh, I put a cup per per potted rose. I said, "I think that's a little bit too much." Yeah, well, yeah. Like a five gallon pot. No, it yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be a lot. So I said, uh, um, I think that's the reason you're getting uh, browning around the edges. So okay, so so maybe a, a safer choice might be in that case than steer manure, or in your case, horse manure. Yeah, steer manure has a lot of um, is is too salty. Hmm. So um, because of the salt that they put in there in the feed of the, mm-hmm. uh, of, you know, so be careful with that. Uh, again, uh, don't use a lot of it. Uh, horse manure to me is better because. Um, you know, horses uh, eat a lot of um, uh, hay and uh, less salt, so they're healthier. Yes. They're healthier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the uh, that's that. No, that's that's a good point because I think people know from your many visits to the radio show, Baldo, that you're big on manure. Oh yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm big on poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And in your neighborhood in Orangevale, there's people with horses in the neighborhood. Every three weeks, I get a load. <laughs> right. And that's seven, bu- seven 15-gallon buckets that I have to dispose in three weeks. <laughs> okay. All right. So has it been aged a while before you apply it to the garden? Because well, it, you have much more than roses. Um, let's put it this way. Uh, lately, it's been delayed. So uh, the oldest uh, pile that I have there is about three months old. Okay. Well, that's so that's bad. what I'm using right now. All right, three-month-old. Yeah. That's good. All right, because you have a very successful garden. Right. It, it's not just 3,000 roses. You have 
Uh, how many berry plants? It's, oh, hundreds. Yeah, <laughs> hundreds. I, uh, uh, blueberries. I don't use the uh, the horse manure on the blueberries. Okay. I have uh, seventy plants of blueberries. Seventy blueberries. And plants. I have blueberries right now on them. Do you? Yes. Which, which varieties of blueberries it's, right now? Uh, the rabbit eye. The rabbit eyes. Okay. Yes. All right. They're so they're smaller. No, they're big. They are. Yes. They have flavor. They be- they're very very <laughs> sweet right okay. now. Good. Really? Yes. What do you do with all those berries? I let I uh, feed the wildlife. Okay. <laughs> all right. But I but every morning when I'm in the garden, I go in there and I get a handful and I eat. There you go. Yeah. And that's the beauty of having a lot of uh, edible uh, plants in your garden is that you can uh, go to all the things that are producing in your garden, like food you persimmons right mm. now. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I still have some um, plums and some uh, uh, pluots. Oh, you're making me homesick. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, yeah, I forgot. It's persimmon season. Yeah. Figs. Pomegranates. Figs, yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's nice to go out there. I, you know, I like I have a Washington navel. I go out starting in January, and I keep on – go out and pick a, a few every every day or every other day, and then I juice them, and that's what we have for months on end. Yeah. Well, that's I'm, wonderful. I'm happy now just to go in the backyard and have some sweet million or sun gold cherry tomatoes yep. and yep. munch on them while I – I picked tomatoes yesterday. Yeah. All right. We'll take a short break. We've got more Get Growing on the way on Talk 650 KSTE. Get Growing continues with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 KSTE. Here again, Fred Hoffman. Garden Grappler coming up in a few minutes. Clue available at FarmerFred.com. Clue available at the Get Growing with Farmer Fred uh, Facebook page. Check that out. And we'll have the Garden Grappler at 11 o'clock. It'll be rose-related in honor of our guest, Charlotte Owendike, Baldo Villegas, from the Sierra Foothills Rose Society where they're having their 55th annual Rose Show this coming Saturday, October 20th, noon to 5 at the Green Acres Nursery in Folsom at 205 Serpa Way. Uh, let's uh, get an idea from you two about, because uh, I had mentioned earlier about now's the time to figure out which roses need to get shovel pruned, as you Rosarians like to euphemistically call digging out an undesirable rose, <laughs> and uh, maybe mark those roses that you want to replace, and then you have to decide for yourself, all right, what do I put in there? What would be some good choices for these people if they live in the Sacramento area? Or if you want to expand the area, be my guest. Go ahead. <laughs> because okay. You know why I ask you this every time you come here? It's because the list changes. Oh, it always changes. Yes. Uh, some of the ones that are my favorites are Secret, which is uh, it's it's white with a little bit of a hint of pink around the edges. It's very, very fragrant. And it reblooms very quickly. And when I say reblooms, once you cut the stem, within six to seven, six weeks, it generally has another bloom on it. So it's it's one of my very favorite. Another one that I think is beautiful, South Africa. South Florida, Africa? Florabunda. My favorite is uh, Dick Clark. Oh, Dick, Dick Clark. Still Dick Clark. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, the ones we're mentioning here are, are very um, disease-resistant. And so they're easy to care for. They rebloom really mm-hmm. well. And so those are the ones um, we're mentioning. Julia Child is an excellent rose. If you want to, I, I like it. She didn't want to have a rose named after her. And then they took her to the rose fields in, in Wasco, California. And she saw it was butter yellow. Oh, well, there you go. And All she right. loved to cook with butter. 
So what color are the blooms on South Africa and Dick Clark? Um, South Africa is a really golden yellow. Just stunning. It just pops out at you. And then Dick Clark? It's a red red blend, uh, red and white. Yeah, it's it, it's more red on the edge of the puddles, and uh, and then it has a little hint of yellow at the base of the petals too. So it's yeah. it has a, a variation color. Earlier over on the KFBK Garden Show, we were uh, extolling the virtues of the Sally Holmes rose, which you mentioned is a mm-hmm. flower that kind of changes color over mm-hmm. time. And uh, Stu, Stuart Miller from Weeks Roses wrote in with pictures of his Sally Holmes that he has trellis they're beautiful he says it's it's my go-to white sprawling shrub rose used principally as a climber well that clears it right up yeah, I know. <laughs> that's the problem with a lot of the categories that you actually have to um that's why it's co- nice to come to a rose show or go to a rose garden and talk to people who grow these roses because then you can see how they grow and then you can you know make sure that you've got the right ro- because a lot of people don't have that much space for roses baldo has a lot of yes, space yes. and i'm fairly lucky i have a little over 350 roses but um I have to shovel prune now to put more roses in because that's you know, what rosarians do. That's what that's what we do. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, what's some other good roses? Bob? Well, a sparkle and shine. Is oh, another one. Spark, sparkle and shine. Sparkle and shine. It's Pretty a yellow, yellow. Rose, fragrant. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, res- very disease resistant. And is it a hybrid tea? Or? Floribunda. 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 Yes. Okay. And it's beautiful. It's Ex- lovely. Explain to people who may not know the difference between, say, a hybrid tea, a Floribunda, and a Grandiflora. Okay. Um, hybrid teas, uh, you know, you, generally you think of a hybrid tea as uh, one bloom per stem, producing one bloom per stem roses. Um, with um, and then uh, the classic uh, 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 hybrid tea would be one that has the uh, spiral centers, or the the point of centers. Um, More like a florist rose. Yeah, like a florist rose. Yes, um, a grande flora is a bigger type rose. Bush, uh, a plant, or flower. Uh, plant. Plant. Okay. Yes, and then but that one blooms in clusters. But it's they're they're large roses, mm-hmm. you know. They're you know maybe six feet wide by six feet high, okay. Uh, f- uh, whereas a hybrid tea would might be four by four, yeah, three by four, three, four, by, four by four, yeah. four by five. And isn't a hybrid tea really the most common one people would see in landscapes? Correct. Yeah. Yes. And then a floribunda is a more it's a smaller type uh, flower a uh, uh, plant, uh, four by four, uh, and three by it, three. Yeah, and then it blooms in, uh, produces lots and lots of clusters of roses. Okay, smaller yeah. flowers, but in a cluster. Yes, yes. Yeah. Can be, yeah. And th- those are the ones that you want to use in landscaping. Mm, okay. If you want garden color, put uh, uh, shrub roses or floribunda roses. Okay. Okay. And why not grandiflorus? Because they take up too much room? Yes, too much room and... in. Yeah. Okay. They're usually taller for landscape rose. Generally, you want them kind of more low mounding. Mm-hmm. So, uh, grandiflora is taller. That's why you yeah. don't put in it my, in. A- in my garden, I have uh, floribundas right along the Fence the long. street, and I stop traffic. <laughs> well, that's because your your truck broke down to hauling manure. <laughs> <laughs> I have Julia uh, Child tree roses. I have uh, uh, three pairs of Julia Child, and the walkway slopes up to my house. It's a showstopper. Yeah. 
Tree roses. Now, there's a topic for you. No. It's like, uh, why? <laughs> why would you want to try to grow this heavy plant on this thin stem? Well, now, Julia Child is a good tree rose because it's, it's more of a ball shape. Mm-hmm. And I would... I would never put a hybrid tea or something tall like Dick Clark on a tree rose. That doesn't fit. But Julia Child never gets higher than three feet tall. So she gets a little ball shape, and I can keep it pruned to that. Hmm. Um, And so uh, Love Song, which is a lavender, is also a beautiful little tree rose, too. But um, yeah, there's certain roses that should never be tree roses. The best tree roses are those that have a floribunda on top. Yeah, Mm, Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then the thing is, I have boxwood, and then uh, uh, there's a break, and I have a tree row. So that brings a little height into it. So uh, it's a look that I'm going for, going up the mm-hmm. thing, because that way people can smell the roses as they're walking up. You have a the, T-post pounded in next to them? <laughs> no. No? Uh, no, I have... Um, I have um, um, what, rebar? Rebar. Okay. I'm a rebar girl. All right. How many per plant? One? Two. Two. One on either side. One on either side, and I use old pantyhose. To, okay. Yeah, because that lasts the longest. And it ties, t- imagine and the it's knee, a loose socks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't use a garden hose? No. Okay. Pantyhose. All right. So what about climbers? Do you have a favorite climber, you two? Well, Sally Holmes is an amazing climber, and then, of course, I love uh, Altissimo as a climber. That is a single red. Yeah. And that's more of a pillar rose. Yes. And then uh, another favorite of mine is Fourth of July. Fourth of Mm -hmm. July. I like purple splash. Fourth of July is red white. It's gorgeous. It has a little bit more thorns than some of the other. Oh, yeah. It's very thorny. Yeah. If you want to exclude people from from an area, you put uh, (laughs) Fourth of July in there. Oh, okay. So it is thorny. Yeah. Very thorny. Yeah. But it's beautiful because of the stripes, the stripes on the roses. Yeah, and then each uh, each rose is a different color. Yeah. Oh, and then as the the temp- in as the temperature um, warms up, each the color changes. Mm-hmm. So from the time the uh, but the the rose uh, starts from a bud to the fully open form, it changes colors. Wow, got a garden question? Give us a call nine one six five seven six one five seven eight. 866-331-8255. Email. Send it to Fred at FarmerFred.com. Let's go to the phones. Charlie in Brooklyn, how the hey, heck are Fred. you? Hey, how, Charlie. How you doing? How, doing how you fun? doing, Charlotte Abaldo? Hey, how you doing, Char- Charlie? <laughs> All right, in a bit. Fred, you were talking about the garlic at Peaceful Valley. Thank yeah. you for reminding me to order. Yeah. So I'm ordering music and German red. They're the only ones that have the German red. So oh, I'm ordering okay. for me and a couple of my friends. And I have well, it's old horse manure. It's like a year old. So what I want to do is dig out part of the bed and put that in, and then put the soil back on and put the garlic in. Yeah, if you've got old manure like that, that shouldn't be a problem. Generally, you would wait until doing a heavy nitrogen fertilization of garlic uh, during the spring growth season. Not so much now. But all right, uh, so I, but you'd be fine if if that's old uh, manure. Yeah, you, you can work that in. That shouldn't be a problem. All right, but uh, yeah, All right, that's what... yeah, those are good choices too. Uh, and so you're going for the hard necks. I guess they can yeah. take the cold better. Yeah, they do. Yeah, well, that'll be good. All right, yeah, yeah, it is garlic ordering time, and uh, the, as uh, they point out at Peaceful Valley, we're coming up uh, 
to deadlines for planting, and they suggest that uh, you should have your garlic in by November the 15th. Yeah, I've done it in December. Oh, really? And it still works, and, and, yeah. you, and you've had luck. All right. Yeah. Yeah, they have an interesting tip on their website about uh, soaking the cloves overnight prior to planting, and they use mm. it in a solution of liquid kelp and baking soda. It's four mm. tablespoons of water, or four, four tablespoons of liquid kelp, a kelp to a gallon of water, and baking soda is one tablespoon to a gallon of water. It says it gives the cloves a good head start. Can't prove that by what I've done, but, you know, what the heck, if you want to try that, go ahead. I have, uh, what do you call that, uh, King Neptune? Is that good? Or is that... No, that, yeah, that's, good? Not, yeah it's the same thing. It's a, it's a, it's a kelp meal. Yeah, oh, okay, so, cool. So that would work. Hey, Charlie, good All to right, hear from it. you. Same here. All right, take it easy. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye. bye. All right, we'll take a short break. More of Get Growing on the Way on Talk 650 KSTE. You're listening to Get Growing with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 KSTE. Here again, Fred Hoffman. Welcome back to the program. Talking roses with Baldo and Charlotte from the Sierra Foothills Rose Society. Baldo Villegas, by the way, retired state entomologist, knows his bugs if you have a bug you can't identify, he's the go-to guy. If you send me a photo of a bug to Fred at FarmerFred.com and I don't recognize it, and I usually don't, I, I send it on to Baldo. And if he can't figure it out, he still has connections who can figure it out. Like the one you sent me, of, or the one I sent you of, of a caterpillar. It was a very pretty caterpillar, but I'd never seen before. And the woman lived in, I believe, Marin County. Right, and uh, and that's kind of a clue, isn't it? Because you did some that, research on it. Oh yes, uh, I kind of knew that that's probably what it was, but uh, what I did is I sent it over to a friend of mine that uh, is uh, is the senator, uh, the uh, specialist on caterpillars and moths for the state of California, and I say, hey Mark, uh, what do you think this is? And then he came, he came out and said, oh, that's the Janista uh, uh, caterpillar. And Janista is a um, uh, a broom uh, that is very common in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And I have seen the caterpillar in those things in that uh, plant before. Green feathery plants. It's, it's a beautiful caterpillar. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the Janista itself. It's yeah. sort of a weed over there. Oh, yes, it's a, it's a weed. It's yeah, a weed. and it's a big weed. So, Sort of like pampas grass. Yes. And in, it, it does fill up hillsides there. In fact, uh, in some some people have recommended that caterpillar as a biocontrol for Janista, but when I to- tell them that, uh, no, that's not, it's not going to work because yeah. it's already in those areas and it has never controlled the Janista uh, uh, broom in those areas. Yeah, you'd think the name alone would be a clue. Yeah. What are some of the uh, bugs that throughout 2018 you've been hearing the most about i know right now you talked earlier that well, you're getting a lot of caterpillar questions yes um katie dids uh katie dids. katie dids and especially the uh, what did katie do <laughs> katie dids are longhorn grasshoppers mm. but they're green okay grasshoppers it, are green yeah. <laughs> well in this case they have long antennae okay long antennae longer than the body okay oh really that's yes long. and that's why they call longhorn grasshoppers mm. And uh, they love the new growth on a lot of different plants, especially in citrus. There are huge pests in citrus, but they also love roses. So that's the one that I've been getting a lot of uh, emails from, and I have seen them quite a bit. What are they eating? 
Uh, they feed on the new growth of roses. Leaves? Uh, yes, the new uh, okay. leaves. Okay. Yes. So if you see chewed up, chewed up leaves on your roses, it's either a caterpillar or it's a longhorn grasshopper. Not a snail? Uh, most likely not. If you find it on the new growth, mm. okay, on the new uh, leaves. Okay, so it's probably a Katie did. And let me guess, the control method for Katie dids in the world of Baldo is <laughs> the thumb and forefinger. The squish yes. method. Yes. The squish method. Yes. Because they're not very common. They're not very common. But um, it was kind of interesting because um, I got an email about two weeks ago from uh, somebody in Southern California. And uh, he, he sent me the stem of the uh, rose with all kinds of damage. And then there was a sort of like a lentil type structure in the middle of the uh, damage. So I looked at it and I said, oh, that's a Katie did. Katie did egg. Oh. So um, anyway, uh, Katie did lay their eggs on the stems and they do with their ovipositor, they do a lot of damage to the stems. Uh, you know, maybe an inch or two. But enough to affect the xylem and phloem. Uh, yeah. And and then they insert the, the, the uh, lentil-type eggs uh, wherever they insert their ovipositor. Mm -hmm. so, they, so you see a layer of uh, lentil-type uh, eggs on, on, on the stem. Interesting. And, and they'll it's, be... Uh, it's they'll a be vertical media. row? Hmm? Is it a vertical row? Yes. Okay. Huh. Um, but you can also see them... In some in some areas, like in Florida, you see them on the leaves, on on the edges of leaves. Uh, the eggs. Uh, yes, yeah. the eggs. And one time when I was uh, kind of new at this, uh, somebody in Florida sent me a picture of one of those, and I thought they were pulling my leg. And um, so I went to one of my books, and I said, well, God, well, th those look like kitty date eggs. So I did my work, and I went to one of my books, and sure enough, in in that area of Florida, there's uh, species that lay their eggs on the leaves. Are you getting many uh, inquiries about uh, a couple of pests that have found their way into our landscapes in the last few years? Uh, the brown marmorated stink bug and the uh, bagrata bug. Um, the brown marmorated stink bug, I get a lot of inquiries about. Yeah. Uh, people send me pictures. And they're mainly uh, some of the native ones. Um, but you can, you know, the the brown marmorated stink bug is really stinky. Uh, a month ago, I, I tested how stinky they were by squishing one of those in my finger, oh, between my fingers. And boy, did, did that thing stink. <laughs> and I washed my hands three times and I still cannot get the, the stink out of my hands. I've got some skunk spray uh, <laughs> to get the odor out if that'll help. <laughs> and I kept, you know, and it was right before I took my flight. So oh. all the way into California, I still had the stink on my hands. <laughs> so don't, don't squish them, please. That is a problem uh, now with the brown marmorated stink bug uh, seasonally looking for winter quarters and it might be looking for a way to get into your house. And if it gets into the walls, you could have that stink in the house. Yes, uh, where I was staying in in Connecticut, uh, they were starting to come into the um, into the house into the homes. Yeah, and then that's how I found it. Okay. So I found them and I said, "Oh, that's that's our friends." And I I I have maybe a, a dozen or so uh, inside the house. So if you've been seeing brown marmorated stink bugs in your garden, this is the time of the year when they're beginning their migration for hibernation for winter, and it could be inside your house. So make sure your screens are well sealed 
and uh, any cracks in the foundation, you don't, don't want to let them in. So make sure that none of these guys can get inside your house and, and spend the winter because that could be a very stinky winter yes. for you. Uh, the Begrata bugs, I have not seen them in my own garden. Mm-hmm. I have seen them in Southern California, but um, not up here. Uh, they're here, well established, but I have not seen them. Okay, that's good. And, uh, you know, the Asian citrus psyllid, I still think, is a ticking time bomb. Uh, oh, yeah, it's about... Yeah, it's... A, it's, it's getting established everywhere. Yeah, I see more and more quarantines yes. uh, for citrus uh, throughout the state. So we're going to be... Until they come up with a cure for that, we're, yes. we've got some uh, reckoning when, to do. When I was in... Um, in uh, in the East Coast, and that was in mid-September, I saw half a dozen stink, uh, uh, Japanese beetles, mm-hmm. which surprised me because by that time I thought the Japanese beetles would be uh, all gone. We have to take a break for news. We can talk about the Japanese beetles and how we're keeping them out of California, thank goodness. Uh, but we've got to get ready for the Garden Grappler, and that's coming up after the news. So get set for that to call in and win some prizes as we continue with our number two of Get Growing. Right here on Talk 650 KSTE and KSTE.com, also available as a podcast. Get Growing continues with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 KSTE. Here again, Fred Hoffman. All right, we're going to light up the phones now. Terry, you ready in there? All right, Terry is ready to write down names and numbers because it's Garden Grappler time, a chance for you to pick up a prize or two from the Farmer Fred prize closet. Clue available at FarmerFred.com. Just click on the link that says a clue for the Garden Grappler or go to the Get Growing with Farmer Fred Facebook page. And there, under the uh, smiling picture of uh, Baldo and Charlotte, you'll find a clue for the Garden Grappler. Also, I think in the post above that one is going to give you many, many answers as well. Because the question is this. Name a rose variety that begins with a letter from the word October. O-C-T-O-B-E-R. Yes, that's seven letters. Only five people win. So it's a little bit easier in that sense. However... Once the letter is used, that letter is gone. Say, for example, with the C, you said, if I may, Cecile Brunet. You couldn't use the C anymore. The only reason I said Cecile Brunet is because... uh, That's a long story. Never mind. (laughs) It, it, It has to do with my wedding many, many years ago and what my mother insisted on hours before the wedding. Uh, she wanted a Cecile Brunet for her button ear or whatever. Yep, yep that and was it's, it's, really common. Yeah, and so you send all these people scrambling around looking for a Cecile Brunet. Anyway, uh, so in that case, if you said Cecile Brunet, uh, the C would be gone, leaving the O-T-O-B-E-R. Uh, but that, there are two O's, so that may be of help. So you, you need a list of roses basically to answer this. That's what you'll find at the clue. Uh, what's that website you use, Charlotte? Um, well, uh, helpmefind.com. Helpmefind.com. Mm-hmm. And it's just for roses? Well, they have roses, peonies, and clematis. Interesting mix. It is, but it's wonderful. They um, The uh, rose hybridizers and the uh, rose, uh, they have at least 6,000 roses on it. It lists the characteristic of roses. People can uh, upload pictures from the garden of those roses. So if you want to see the look of a rose, that's a good place. Mm-hmm. They have pictures of the bushes also. 
Uh, members can rate the roses on different characteristics, and uh, it's a, a I, I actually give money because it's a nonprofit one because I really I use it all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a member too, and uh, I use it because um, it gives me so much information right. that I need. You know, when I'm judging rose shows or mm-hmm. anything like that, or I'm looking for a cutting of a particular rose, it gives, tells me who has it, what the garden has it, or who, what what person has it. Paulo, do you hear what I hear? Listen, it's people yelling at their radio. They're, they're saying, what number do I call? Okay, <laughs> I'll tell you. 576-1578 here in the 916 or 866-331-8255. 916-576-1578 or 866-331-8255. Name a rose variety that begins with a letter from the word October. All five callers get a prize, special bonus prize for caller five. As you know, you can't repeat an earlier answer. As you know, you can't repeat repeat an earlier letter in the word October unless it's the O because there's two O's in October. Good luck. Now, our job, boys and girls here, is to not mention any rose names for the next 10 minutes or so while people call in. Can we mention a rose name by starting with Z? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being fussy. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'll look at my little book here. I, now you got me curious. What roses begin? Zephyrin Duhan. Zephyrin Duhan. Yeah, or Zinger. Yeah. Zinger. Yes. There is. There Zeus. are. Zeus. Yeah. Zeus. Yes. Yeah. And one more. Zadie. Z a i d e. So who knew? And there's even two with X's. Yeah. One being X-rated. X-rated. <laughs> I have that rose, believe it or not. I have it, too. Yeah. Okay. All it's right. cute little rose. So let, I know, one way to not name roses for the next 10 minutes would be to talk about the rose show. <gasps> oh, it's going to be fabulous. Uh, we have a, so much fun. It's a great group of people. Um, and fall is a beautiful time because the weather's nice and cool. And uh, the roses are, are looking. They're, they're showing off. We have uh, roses. We have rose arrangements, and we have rose photographs. So um, it kind of appeals to a, a large group of people, some people. But it's amazing how many photographers come in, and they take pictures of our roses. So they, if they're, because uh, it's a, you know, it's a perfect place to do it. You've got this gorgeous-looking roses, and they come in, and we're kind of hoping maybe next year they might enter some of the pictures they took at our rose show. But it's at the um, uh Fulsome location of um, of Green Acres, and uh, it is just wonderful. They've been really, really good hosts for us, and it is open to the public from one to five, and it's at two o five Serpa Way. I have a question. Yeah, is it one to five or noon to five? One to five. One to five. All right. Another correction. I know <laughs> they changed it this year. Okay, I got corrected, so that's why I know. All right, one to five p.m. at the Green Acres Nursery and Supply. On at 205 Serpa Way. That's correct. In Folsom. And it's Saturday, October 20th, 1 to 5. But come early if you want to enter a rose. Uh, much earlier. Yeah. Baldo s- suggests between 7 and 8 o'clock. Well, actually, we close the entries at 10. At and 10, we start okay. judging around 1030. So if you come between 830 and 930, that's a good time. Okay. But to see the show itself, 1 to 5 p.m. Yeah. At uh, Green Acres Nursery. It's free. Yeah, you it's have to fun. To get in. And if you have questions about growing roses, there'll be a lot of people there to help you a- answer your questions. That's what we're here to uh, help people grow better roses, essentially. 
And we want to show off with the roses. These are the kind of roses you can do. I think, too, as far as it's going to give people ideas on how to arrange the roses for their own homes. Yeah. You, You know, you bring in a rose, you stick it in a vase. There has to be more to it than that. So I would imagine, is there some extracurricular foliage that goes along in some of these displays? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got, uh, when you talk to an arranger, they got certain kinds of foliage that goes with certain styles of arrangements, believe it or not. And uh, that's a whole different world altogether. And we have some phenomenal arrangers. Um, they are getting quite a name for themselves. And I think a couple of maybe thinking of showing that a national show. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if they win. Do any of these arrangers have something in common, like taking a flower arranging class at some local community college? Um, actually, there's uh, a, a Rangers Guild in Auburn and one that's also at uh, the Shepherd Garden and Arts Center. Mm. And I've ta- I've actually given talks about what roses are good for arrangers at the uh um, Shepherd Garden and Arts, they're the guild there. So it's fun. A right. really great group of people. Okay, and again, the... Very artistic. <laughs> get some good ideas for yourself, as well as good ideas of which roses that you may want in your own yard if you attend the 55th Annual Rose Show put on by the Sierra Foothills Rose Society next Saturday, October 20th, 1 to 5 p.m., not noon, 1 to 5 p.m., at Green Acres Nursery in Folsom there at 205 Serpa Way on the hill, right off Highway 50. Make a right on Iron Point off Bidwell. Go up two lights, turn right. That's it. That works. If you turn right on the first street, you're going to go to Costco. Nobody wants to go to Costco on a Saturday. Everybody goes to Costco on a Saturday. (laughs) Saturday. (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) It'll be a great opportunity to see all the roses uh, and how they grow in our area. And then there'll be a... Uh, there'll be a lot of Rosarians there like me and Charlotte and other people that uh, will give free advice uh, on what roses um, do great for this area. I've never met a Rosarian who didn't give advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, we, uh, we're all all very versed on what our favorite roses are, what are fragrant roses. A lot of people say, we, you know, rose is supposed to be fragrant. Mm-hmm. Not all roses are fragrant. So we have a, a pocket list, like, uh, as I mentioned, Secret, Firefighter. Um, uh, that's another one you just mentioned. Okay, Firefighter. That's not on the list. All right. Yeah, it's not. It's not part of the grappler either. Oh, oh, you're right. Yeah, we got to be careful. Here. Yeah, I got to be stop. careful. Yeah, right. I know. But let's, firefighter let's, is a beautiful red let's rose. Let's stop while fragrant. we're ahead here, yep. and uh, let's let's get the garden grappler going here. Caller number one in today's garden grappler. Name a rose that begins with a letter from the word October. Number one is Shirley. Hi, Shirley. Hi, Fred. How are you today? We're doing fine. What October rose would you like to mention? Well, I would like to mention one that I had, um, my family had when we were growing up, and it was called Careless Love. Careless Love, which was a hit song uh, not that many years ago. Okay. Yes, that's a, that's a, that's a rose. <laughs> Thanks. Just... Thanks. It's Bolo. a pink rose. Okay. No, it was a red rose. A, red? a very yeah. deep red rose deep with, red. Red. with okay. a white splatter on oh, it. Oh, I see it. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Great name. Yes. <laughs> I, I remembered it through all these years. I love it just for the name. <laughs> well, that's a Maybe good answer. have a comeback. Well, that takes care of the C as far as October goes. So we're now left with October, I guess. And uh, Shirley, for knowing that, I have for you, for being caller number one, I've got uh, my information on rose pruning California style. Rose pruning season begins what? December 15th, Charlotte? 
Sure. Why yeah. not? Yeah. And after the first frost, generally. After, okay. Yeah. It'd be, Mid-December. Yeah. Some of us start a little bit earlier, if, especially, you know, but um, what I always do in October when you have the winter winds, I at least cut my plant down by about a half. Get rid of the tall canes because my goal is to feed my trash can, <laughs> yes. okay. my greenways can. So I get rid of the tall ones. All right. So, surely I'll be sending you that information on rose pruning as well as information from the University of California on controlling ants because they're going to start coming in the house soon. All right. Thank you so much, Fred. Thanks, Shirley. Appreciate it. program. Me too. All right. All right. Bye-bye. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we'll get callers 2, 3, 4, and 5 in today's Garden Grappler. Name a variety of rose that begins with a letter from the word, well, it used to be October. Now it's Otober. And we have one open line at 866-331-8255. It's the Garden Grappler. It's going on Get Growing on Talk 650 KSTE. You're listening to Get Growing with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 KSTE. Here again, Fred Hoffman. We are in the midst of the Garden Grappler. Surely, uh gave us the C in the word October for careless love. The, the question is, name a rose variety that begins with a letter from the word October. So the C is gone. That leaves the O-T-O-B-E-R in October for you to name a rose variety. A couple of master rosarians are here to judge the quality of your answers. Baldo Viegas and Charlotte Owendike from the Sierra Foothills Rose Society are here. Let's go out to Orangevale. Dina in Orangeville, go ahead, give us a an, an October rose, if you will. Hi, Dina. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? Fine. Good. Okay, so I don't really know very much about this rose, but I remember hearing them name a rose after Barbara Bush. Well, that would be a B. There is such a rose, and it's a... a Barbara Bush? Yeah, Barbara Rose. Yeah. That was introduced about 10, 10 years ago, 12 years ago? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Not that time. Yeah. I can't yeah. even tell you what color it is. <laughs> if I remember, it's peach. It's, yeah. It's okay. Pinkish. Pinkish Great. peach. Yeah, it's actually yeah. a very pretty, um, yeah. uh, pretty rose, and it's a hybrid tea. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Dina, good answer there with Barbara Bush, and I'll be sending you the, uh, from Farmer Fred, his uh, rose pruning California-style information and uh, the information from University of California on controlling ants. So that's coming your way. Great. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. All right, Dina, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. One open line at 916-576-1578, 916-576-1578, taking calls three, four, and five, and don't forget Caller 5 it gets a bonus prize just because they're lucky enough to be Caller 5. Caller number three down in Merced is Donna. Hi, Donna. Hello. Hi. So what uh, rose can you come up with that begins with an O, T, O, E, or R? How about rainbows and? Oh, oh that's one of my favorite roses. Yeah. Does it, is it multicolored? Yes, yes. It's a miniature rose. Oh, it um, is? Yeah, okay. there's a, a, a bush form and a climbing form. I remember you had a, the climbing form on yes, the entry yes. arbor. Yeah. Your former property. Good, good answer, gorgeous. Donna. All right. It's a gorgeous rose. It's Thank a you. yellow and then uh, uh, goes all the way to uh, multicolor uh, with the red on the tips. Red, orange, yellow. Yeah. Hey, uh, Donna, I'll be sending you all that stuff. I told Dean I'd send her. Great. Thank you All so right. much. Thanks, Donna. 
Let's go on to caller number four in today's Garden Grappler to the Bay Area, to Mill Valley. And Richard, hi Richard. Good morning. Good morning. So what uh, rows can you think of that begins with what's left here, an O, a T, an O, or an E? How about Europeana? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a red rose. Is it? All yes, right. it is. I thought you were going to take one of the O's. Well, I could, but I'm not going to do it now. All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't good, want to spoil good it. Good answer. I All have right. a, a quick question. Sure. Can I do that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, about oh, a month ago, I bought some five-inch band roses from Burling Leong. Yes. She, she um, talked with our group. Uh, when can I move those band roses into, I guess, probably one gallon would be the next move? Could I get an explanation of what a band rose is? Is it forbidden? <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a new cutting. That's how uh, growers uh, grow their, their cuttings. So it's they, spelled B-A-N-D. Right. B-A-N-D. Not B-A-N-N-E-D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a band rose. Yeah. Like they usually polite. put them in uh, perlite, mm-hmm. and, right. uh, and, and they put the cuttings in there, and then they let them root. And then those things are sold. Oh, okay. And then what I do is, um, uh, Richard, um, I uh, immediately after I uh, get home, I uh, I transfer them over to a five uh, uh, one gallon pot. Okay, so yeah. I, I should do that soon. Yes. And I got uh, metabolus. How big is that going to get? Uh, my <laughs> metabolus <laughs> is uh, ten by ten. Wow. Okay. It's a, bi- it's a big plant. Yeah. You can prune it back, but uh, ideally, it, when you let it let it just go, it's ten by ten. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really beautiful color. So. I had it in a pot, and because the roots were restricted, it never got that big. It got maybe four feet by four feet. Okay. Good point. That was the first uh, cutting I I put in my garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody gave it to me as a rooted cutting, and uh, that was uh, in ni- in two thousand and nine, and and it's ten by ten. I mean, oh, wow. that thing is huge and it's always in bloom. Yeah, yeah it's a beautiful room. Even in the winter, it's and in it's bloom. Prob- it's also one of the uh, UCD uh, 100 uh, ro- ro- uh, plants. Oh, really? Yeah. Arboretum All-Stars? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Mutabilis? Yes. I thought Mutabilis was just some sort of generic species. No, no. It's called the butterfly, uh, butterfly rose. Okay. Also. All right. It's very drought tolerant once it gets established, and as Baldo says, it's beautiful. It it has a variation of color. When you have a red, kind of orange and pink, it it, and a little it it, changes colors from yellow all the way to red. Wow, it's pretty. I wouldn't be surprised if Warren Roberts doesn't talk about the Mutabilis rose when we talk to him at eleven thirty about what's going on at the arboretum. At the uh, bee garden there, mm-hmm. they have metabolites everywhere mm. because it's a fantastic polloni- uh, 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 rose that you can use uh, to For attract pollinizers. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good to know. All right. Hey, Richard, good going. I'll be sending you information on pruning roses California style. I think you already have a good handle on that. Yep. And also uh, how to control ants. So I'll be okay. sending that your way. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling. All right. And call it number five. In today's Garden Grappler, it's Bruce up in Grass Valley. And, Bruce, if you can come up with a rose that begins with an O, a T, or an O, I have for you, because you live in Grass Valley, the Placer County uh, Master Gardener calendar can be yours, since uh, I believe... The Placer folks write it for Amador, El Dorado, and Nevada County. So uh, that'll be coming your way if you can come up with a rose that begins with an O, a T, or an O. Well, let's try Olympiad. 
Why not? <laughs> He's been listening to the show today. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my. All right. <laughs> Which is another red rose. <laughs> <laughs> or, or would you prefer Olivia? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, a porcelain pink rose, yes. Hey, way to go, Bruce. Yeah, good you're, job. You're a hot dog. All right. You're really Thank you. You've got a few roses there. (laughs) You did your homework. (laughs) Bruce, thanks so much. I'll be sending you the Placer County Master Gardener uh, calendar. Very good. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. All right. Good job, people. Yeah. And good information, too, about that Mutabilis rose, too. I've written it down here. Uh, It's a single petal rose. Oh, working part shade? Yes. I mean, it's one of those that you can put it. It will do very well in partial. If only yes. I had a ten by ten area for it. Yeah, you, uh, give it, it space. It gets big. Yeah, yeah you give it space. Maybe straight. But if on you want to see what it looks like, you can bicycle by my house. Okay. And uh, if you tell me when you're coming over, I'll. It's not along the outside. Yes, it's along. Oh, the, okay. Then I don't have to uh, deal with your guard dogs. In that case, <laughs> okay. Dark yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> you might want to see my blueberries in the back. Yeah, I know. I'm jealous. And All right. Enjoy the fruit. Uh, I was actually oh. thinking of dropping by f- uh, the Folsom Green Acres next Saturday. Oh, that would be oh, wonderful. We'd that, love to see you. Because w- you're close by. Oh, I'm fairly close by. Yeah. And, it would, and there'll be a lot of Rosarians there that will talk to you about roses. I bet oh, there are, God. yeah. <laughs> yes, there are. Oh, yes. yeah. We just, it's just fun. You know, we love to talk about roses. We love to help people and again we're talking about the sierra foothills rose society 55th annual rose show it's next saturday 1 to 5 p.m at the green acres nursery and supply in folsom at 205 serpa way just off highway 50 take the uh, bidwell exit uh, go up to iron point turn right then turn right at the second signal and you're there uh have a good show next saturday appreciate it Hopefully, Baldo will bring lots of bloom. He always does. All right, good, and I hope these northerly winds treat your gardens kindly. Yes, we do, too. Yes, <laughs> all right, <laughs> hope so. Baldo Viegas, Charlotte Owendike from the uh, Sierra Foothills Rose Society, thanks for making this, uh, again, a very happy show. Appreciate well, we it. We enjoy it tremendously. We always look forward to it. When we come back, we're talking with Warren Roberts out at the UC Davis Arboretum. going to find out uh, what's putting on a show there this month as we continue with Get Growing on Talk 650 KSTE. Get Growing continues with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 KSTE. Here again, Fred Hoffman. Every month we like to talk with Warren Roberts out at the UC Davis Arboretum, find out what's in bloom, what's happening, and we never get through all the plants that are putting on the monthly show at the UC Davis Arboretum during the KFPK Garden Show. So we drag Warren over here to get growing to finish off the list. And Warren, I believe when we left off, uh, the last plant was Muhlenbergia, uh, deer grass, excellent plant. And uh, I, I got to believe, though, that there's a lot more plants to talk about. And, and we should uh, mention again, the one that's putting on probably the best show right now, the California fuchsia. Yes, Epilobium canum and various forms of it are looking wonderful right now. It's a good plant for full sun. A little bit of water in the summer makes for a better bloom period. And oh, it's amazing. It also brings hummingbirds into the garden. Excellent blooming plant. And uh, I know from my experience here with it, 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 it seems to never cease blooming. 
No, it almost well. Yes, you can get almost year round, especially in a protected situation. Um, so it's it's one of the best colorful California native plants you can you can use. All right, what else is putting on a show there during October at the UC Davis Arboretum? Well, I'd say that the um, the oleanders still look good. There's still plenty of color on those. That, of course, is one of our toughest, easiest plants for uh, the. the the, this part of California below the snow line. Um, it is poisonous, but keeping that in mind, uh, just be discreet. Uh, we don't have it on our place because we do have horses, and and you wouldn't want a little kid saying, here, horsey, have some of this. <laughs> so, But it's a very useful and beautiful and fragrant plant. Narini bodeni is a South African bulb. Uh, it usually has uh, pink flowers. And it's it's really spectacular right now. It's one that hasn't been used as much as it might. It's easy to grow in any garden condition, although best in full sun. You're going to have to spell that one for me, Warren. Nirene, or N-E-R-I-N-E. But for some reason, most people call it Nirene. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's one of the naked lady types related to that, but it does have uh, foliage when it blooms. Uh, the Nicosianas are still in bloom, Nicosiana alata, which is the common um, garden uh, uh, Nicosiana, and Nicosiana sylvestris also. Opuntia ficus indica. We have a large specimen of Opuntia ficus indica, or prickly pear, in the arboretum, and more than ever has, it's covered with red prickly pears. Now, they are edible, but you have to know what you're doing. <laughs> you can't just pop one in your mouth. Uh, it has to be cut open carefully and then the interior scooped out to eat. Um, I appreciate, though, if you didn't do that because we like to see the fruits on the plant. It's uh, lots of, of rich red fruit right now. Uh, plumbago auriculata, another plumbago. We mentioned the Chinese plumbagos earlier. Plumbago auriculata is the common plumbago, a South African plant with uh, typically sky blue flowers to dark sky blue flowers. We have a white flowered one as well. This is the common plumbago of gardens. And if the winter damages it, wait a little while until frost stops, then cut it back, and you'll have it again next year, of course. Roselia St. Elmo's Fire is a, an improved form of the Roselia equisitiformis. I think it's a hybrid, and it's um, another plant that can give you almost all your color unless you have a uh, sharp frost. Then it acts like a perennial and will come back after you prune away the uh, dead material. Uh, another great hummingbird plant. Salvia darcii with its red flowers. Um, Salvia darcii is one of the Mexican sages, and it has um, an abundance of, of red flowers, again, attracting hummingbirds. And a Salvia leucantha, which is with its uh, velvety purple flowers, is splendid right now. It also attracts hummingbirds. Hummingbirds will, will, will come preferentially to tubular red flowers, but they're smart little things, and they'll figure out which, whichever plant has a nectar source for them. Sternbergia lutea is a yellow crocus-like plant from the Mediterranean, and that's, it's one of those bulbs where in our climate you can plant it, get it going, and then kind of forget it. It, it is dormant in the summer, and in the fall it puts up its uh, gorgeous golden flowers as the leaves also start coming up. Interesting, beautiful leaves, Senecio Vida Vida, which is uh, the, I guess you'd call it the Argentine um, 
uh, Senecio has almost pure white leaves at this time of year. It, it's an easy plant to grow. But, uh, the flowers are kind of cream colored, uh, produced in late spring. But this time of year, it's really the leaves that show up the best. What was the species on that again? Senecio vira vira or vira vira, uh, V-I-R-A hyphen V-I-R-A. At any rate, it's, it's a very good plant for a rather dry situations the more sun it gets the wider the leaves are and then not to forget zephranthes candida which would be the argentine uh, zephranthes or windflower and this is the plant that actually gave argentina its name it is abundance along the big great estuary and when spaniards saw it they thought it was silver lining the banks of the river it's a, a been in california cultivation for a long time it looks like a a rather tall white crocus at this time of year particularly the leaves are like shiny like the shiny grass so it looks good all the time very easy and tough and it typically blooms if you if you don't irrigate very much after the first rain but a strong irrigation will bring it into bloom late summer and this time of year needs no care at all looks good all the time there's no question there's always a show going on at the uc davis arboretum i I imagine it's a little early for fall color of uh, the oak tree so that's probably more of a late october early november show yes it would be i think well a few things are kind of starting the tallow tree showing a little color the chinese pistache is showing some fall color already with also the fruit on the female trees uh, the, I saw some birch trees in the arboretum showing their yellow, yellow foliage the other day, and the and the button willow too is starting to show some some fall color. There's also the cornus glabrata, which is one of the osier uh, dogwoods, and its uh, f- fall color is starting now. It's by a combination of cream and purple, but it's little, still early. It's still early. And I noticed uh, as I'm riding down the American River bike trail that the California buckeye has these rather large tennis ball-sized seed pods hanging on them. Yes, uh, those the appearance of the tree with the gray smooth bark, uh, uh, the Spanish-speaking uh, uh, settlers in California called it a wild fig because they thought it, the tree looked kind of like a fig tree, which it does. Whereas Americans thought, called it wild pear because the fruit on the tree looks a bit like some of the winter pears. So whatever it is, though, it's neither neither a fig nor a pear. It's our own California buckeye. And we should mention that uh, there is one more plant sale coming up at the UC Davis Arboretum. I guess it'll be the clearance sale on, uh, what, November 3rd, I think. November 3rd, 9 to 1. And I'll be there, so I hope to see all of you there. All right. And we should point out there are a few other events going on at the UC Davis Arboretum. There's going to be Oak Discovery Day on Sunday, October 21st at 1 p.m., where you can learn all about the oaks that are in the UC Davis Arboretum and find out about those. And then on October 30th, Taylor Lewis, who takes care of the plants out there at the UC Davis Arboretum, is teaching a class on garden preparation for winter, how to put your garden beds to sleep, and also suggestions for plants to add winter interest to your garden. So that should be a good yep. class there on October 30th. Yes, Taylor is the, one of the people that grows the plants for the plant sale, too. And again, we'll talk to you, I guess, oh, mid-November or so and find out what's happening at the UC Davis Arboretum. And uh, Warren, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Oh, it's a great pleasure for me, too, Fred. Thank you so much. You're listening to Get Growing on Talk 650 KSTE.
You're listening to Get Growing with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 KSTE. Here again, Fred Hoffman. All right, let's update the weather. In case you haven't been outside lately, it's getting windy. And there is a red flag warning posted until tomorrow at 11 p.m. A wind advisory posted until tonight at 8 o'clock. That red flag warning uh, is primarily for the west side of the Sacramento Valley, the north end. But even here in the Sacramento area and the foothills of the Sierra, winds will gust over 30 miles an hour. Combine that with low humidities and a warm day, and there is a big chance of fire starting. So that's why the red flag warning is posted uh, throughout the area. And uh, the red flag warning basically means that high pressure has been building and resulting in dry, gusty north to east winds over interior northern California. That's what lowers the humidity and it fuels uh, the moistures leading to critical fire weather conditions through Monday night. And those uh, fire red flag warnings may be extended into Tuesday as a result. It is for uh, the northern, central, and southern Sacramento valleys and the foothills below 1,000 feet, and especially the west side of the uh, Sacramento Valley. And it's uh, it's uh, going to get windy with local gusts 40 to 55 miles an hour with the wind strongest on the north and west sides of the Sacramento Valley over ridges and through favorably oriented canyons. Humidity dropping from 5 to 15 percent overnight to as low as 15 percent overnight. And any fires that develop will likely spread rapidly. Outdoor burning obviously not recommended. And, of course, that means that that low fuel moisture weeds and brush that may be surrounding you, especially in the outer-lying areas, are going to get even drier. So uh, this is not the day to be playing with fire outdoors or anything that would cause a spark, for that matter. And it looks like it's going to stay dry. There's no rain in the seven-day forecast looking at weather through next Saturday. It's basically sunny skies for Northern California and Central California with highs in the low 80s and overnight lows in the 50s in the interior regions, always cooler along the coast, of course. And um, it's uh, just unusually warm. And uh, officially, Sacramento has only received, what is it, 0.04 inches of rain for the season. Now, if you live in an outside area like like I do in in Folsom, that rainstorm that happened a couple of weeks ago dropped over an inch and a half of rain in 30 minutes. So, the total your total may vary as far as uh, local rainfall goes. I think we're going to see rainfall patterns much like that in the future that uh, they're going to be spot storms. They they may be calling for rain throughout an area, but it could very well be that it's going to dump in some places and very little in others. So, just depends where you are, I guess. All right, garden events. What's going on? Well, if you're in Tuolumne County right now, you could go on a garden tour from now till 3 o'clock. It's called Gardening with a Purpose. It's uh, put on by the Master Gardeners of Tuolumne County. They've got all sorts of gardens uh, featured up there. It's a self-guided tour of various gardens. Plants uh, will be labeled for identification as well as for drought tolerance and deer resistance. If if you're in that area right now and you want to take part in that garden tour, you can uh, get tickets uh, at the start at the Master Gardener Demonstration Garden at 251 South Beretta Street in Sonora if you're looking for something to do. This is the time of the year when uh, master food preservers and master gardeners uh, start kicking off new volunteer training, usually with orientation meetings to introduce you to what you can expect. 
Any resident of Amador or El Dorado County can apply to become a master gardener in in that area. And uh, residents of El Dorado County will train in Jackson, but they will be uh, master gardeners in El Dorado County. Jackson, of course, in, in Amador County. First priority is given to Amador County residents. And the first uh, meeting to allow you to learn more will be October 16th at 5 p.m. And the next one, October 30th at 11 a.m. in Jackson. And I believe uh, all of this will happen in Jackson there on uh, Airport Road at the uh, uh, Cooperative Extension offices there. All right. Uh, Thursday, October 18th, the Master Gardeners of Sacramento County have an Ask the Master Gardeners information table set up at the Florin Certified Farmers Market Thursday morning, 8 to noon. Get your garden questions answered there. Um, what else? Uh, you want to be a master food reserver, especially uh, in the Placerville area? Well, they have a volunteer program starting up in El Dorado County. If you want to learn more, they have a meeting at on Thursday at 1230 at the Cameron Park Library at 2500 Country Club Drive in Cameron Park. Baldo and Charlotte told you about the Sierra Foothills Rose Society annual fall show. It's next Saturday, noon to 5 p.m. at the Green Acres Nursery in Folsom at 205 Serpa Way. It is free. Also next Saturday in El Dorado County, a basic canning and food safety class put on by the Master Food Preservers there, 9 to noon. That'll be in Placerville at 311 Fair Lane. Also next Saturday here in Sacramento County, it's a workshop on bulbs fall into spring fall planting for spring color from nine to noon at the cooperative extension office at 4145 branch center road in sacramento there will be demonstrations on making up gift sets with bulbs in jars bottom to top container planting and they have a special guest speaker bill the bulb baron he's a northern california bulb grower and hybridizer and he'll have uh, bulbs for sale as well there is a 35 dollar fee for this class the class may be full i'm not sure uh, I know it's filling up, but uh, for more information, you can visit the Sacramento County Master Gardener Facebook page or uh, just do a Internet search for Sacramento County Master Gardeners, and that'll take you to their homepage where you can get more information about their October 20th fall into spring, fall planting for spring color with bulbs class coming up. Next Saturday, uh, the Master Gardeners of Amador County have a class on soils, composting, and vermiculture. That'll be on Airport Road at the GSA building there at 12200 Airport Road in Jackson from 9 to noon. It's free. That, too, is next Saturday. Uh, let's see what else is going on. The Sacramento Perennial Plant Club is supporting gardening and horticultural activities across Sacramento County. Grants of up to $600 are awarded to nonprofits such as community gardens, schools, or church garden projects. Applications can be downloaded from their website, Sacramento Perennial Plant Club dot org. Now, if you're a, especially if you're an elementary school teacher, and you want to start a school garden, six hundred dollars uh, just might come in handy for getting the necessary implements for the kids. So that would be a handy thing. What else is going on? You know, we've had uh, Robert Couric on this program before. He loves to talk about roots and uh, beneficial fun guy. And he's going to be giving a talk. If you're going to be down in the Santa Barbara area next Saturday, he'll be appearing at 2 o'clock at the Santa Barbara Botanical Garden uh, talking about uh, good fungi, healthy roots, and happy natives. The, the Santa Barbara Botanical Garden is at 1212 Mission Canyon Road in Santa Barbara. All right. So 
A lot of garden events uh, coming up. If you have, if your local group is having a garden event coming up, a nonprofit group, and you want more uh, information, get it to a wider audience. Uh, shoot me an email to fred at farmerfred.com. Try to get it to me about two weeks in advance because I'm a slow reader. Uh, again, that address, fred at farmerfred.com. All right, what else is coming up? Oh, the KSTE Farm Hour on its way uh, from noon to one o'clock on this very radio station. And we're going to be talking about more tariff problems for California's farmers as the uh, tit-for-tat war continues between the U.S. and China. China has imposed new fees on popular commodities, including wine, fruit, and tomato products. Yes, they're targeting California agriculture. And uh, there's been a lot of talk about smoke taint of wine grapes due to the wildfires in grape-growing regions of California not only this year, but last year, and not only in California, but in Oregon as well. And does smoke actually affect the flavor of wine grapes? Uh, quite often, they can't find out until the grapes have been processed, turned into wine, and then the odors really appear if there is a problem. Well, one California wine company is refusing to buy the grapes of a grower from a wildfire area, claiming smoke taint. So we'll have that story. Also, uh, we, the the outcome of uh, agricultural products in the southeast that have been hit by Hurricane Michael. Uh, cotton may have taken a big hit in that one. And also we have an extended talk about ethanol fuel. The Trump administration has given the okay for more E15. E15 is fuel with 15% ethanol content. So for your gas-powered appliances on the farm, not, not your diesel, obviously, but... Uh, your smaller items, your uh, generators possibly, or your uh, chainsaws, the weed whackers, stuff like that. Well, what would gas with E15 do to your small farm equipment? We have that report and more crop reports as well. That's on this week's edition of the KSTE Farm Hour coming up next on this very radio station, noon to one o'clock, also available as a podcast at any time, available now as a podcast as well from the iHeartRadio app or your favorite uh, third-party podcast aggregator, including iTunes and Google. All right, next week on the program, we're going to be talking with Debbie Flower. The professor will be here with more fall garden advice. Hope you can drop by for that one. Don't forget this show, as well as the KFBK Garden Show, they're available as podcasts as well that you can find at your local third-party podcast aggregator or the uh, iHeart app or ksde.com or kfbk.com. No matter which way you listen to this program, I appreciate it all these years. What is it now? Wow, going on 27 years of Get Growing. Woo! Anyway, we'll keep doing it until they kick me out. Why not? What else am I going to do? Ride a bike? Yeah, I would do that. By the way, thank you for supporting the Farmer Fred Ride for the Kids. Last Saturday, a 100-mile bike ride to support the Sacramento Crisis Nursery Program of the Sacramento Children's Home. It went quite well. Thank you so much for that. Have a great week, folks. Bye-bye.